Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Positively Track is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon, including Jim Stoffel, Joyce Marin, Carl Morris, and associate producer William Smith. Visit patreon.com slash positively track to help support the podcast. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, shout outs, associate producer credits, and more. Thank you for your support and keep trekking. What a beautiful day to be sitting here talking about Star Trek with one of my best friends in the whole entire world. This is the Positively Trek podcast. I'm Dan Gunther, and with me is aforementioned best friend, Bruce Gibson. Bruce, how are you doing today? What are you trying to do? Make me cry? Oh my gosh. I love you. (laughs) Oh, I love you too, man. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk Star Trek before I lose it. Oh, let's do that. Let's do that. So we've got an interesting episode for you today. Unlike, I'm sorry, unlike our other episodes that are uninteresting, right? Right. Those other <laughs> ones, you know, ignore them. No, yeah, this, you know, this, this is the one you want to listen to. <laughs> but yeah, no, we've got, uh, we've got the Lower Decks Blu-ray that's releasing today, if you were listening to this on the day the episode drops. And we got our hands on an advanced copy and I watched all of the special features so I could report to you today about all of the ins and outs of making Star Trek Lower Decks and animatics and deleted scenes and all that stuff. So that's kind of our main discussion today. Uh, And we have one small piece of interesting Star Trek news about Kate Mulgrew that I wanted to share today. Yeah, I'm a little surprised by this because she's talking Prodigy and... She kind of gave us little hints about the show that we hadn't heard from. And I was like, is this allowed, Kate? Yeah. Is this good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty interesting. And and yeah, I was kind of wondering that myself reading this. So I guess warning for those of you listening, if you don't want any spoilers about Star Trek Prodigy before it hits the airwaves, you might want to skip ahead a little bit. We're going to be talking a little bit about specific plot points in the upcoming Star Trek Prodigy, as revealed by Kate Mulgrew in an interview with Dennis Miller, interestingly enough. I love all these little random sources of Star Trek news that we get. Like Dennis Miller, I wouldn't have expected you know that being uh, like, hey, we learned something about this kid's show on Nickelodeon from a Dennis Miller podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I didn't even know Dennis Miller had a podcast. But then again, who doesn't have a podcast at this point? Exactly. Yeah. So what we know about Star Trek Prodigy, of course, is that the show is a few years after Voyager's Return Home and apparently takes place in the Delta Quadrant. And this quote, I'll read this exact quote by Kate Mulgrew kind of outlining the the plot points here. She says, five kids are incarcerated on an obscure planet in an uncharted part of the galaxy. They escape from their imprisonment 
and race across the planet to find a defunct starship buried in the sand of the planet's surface. They go into the ship, and of course the prison guards are coming after them, and they can't get the ship up, and the shields won't run, and suddenly somebody hits a button, and bloop! Hello kids, I see you're a little bit stuck here. Can I help out? It's Captain Janeway in a holographic form. It's really, I think, going to capture the imagination of little kids, and if they can sit with their mothers who watched me in live action, and their fathers who loved the other guys, we've got a family affair, and that will bring it full circle. So... Yeah, very specific as to exactly how Janeway shows up in holographic form in this story. Yeah, which made me question two things. What is the ship? Because why would it have a hologram of her? Mm -hmm. And then why are these kids incarcerated? Yeah, interesting. So we had heard that the kids were like outcasts of society or something at some point. But this is the first we've heard of them being incarcerated or, you know, prisoners or something. So... Yeah, I'm really curious about it. it. It's a good spoiler, I guess, because it answers a couple questions, but raises like 10 more and makes me more interested in the whole situation. So in that way, I guess probably a good move by, by Kate Mulgrew here. Yeah, I'm trying to picture, is it like these kids are in a school and they're in trouble and they're in like detention? Is it the breakfast club of Star Trek, right? <laughs> And maybe Don't they're smoking. Forget. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> and maybe they're smoking in the bathroom and all that. And all of a sudden, they're running away from the principal or the teacher. That's the prison guards. No, but and seriously though, I kind of like the concept in a way because it means that these kids don't have probably good leadership and a good mentor. And that's mm -hmm. what Janeway becomes. And so Janeway is educating them and the young kids watching the viewers what to do and what not to do in situations. Yeah, it, it really sounds like kind of a, a long-form introduction to the rules of Starfleet. I, I guess not the rules, but like the principles and the values that Starfleet teaches people. But these kids are learning them from Janeway, like you said. And, and, and I mean, what better teacher, right? I, Janeway is a Starfleet captain, right? A paragon of virtue and only broke the prime directive a few times. So, you know, it's, it's a good learning opportunity for these kids. Yeah. And then the other thing is it said five of them, but in the photo that we got of the cast of characters, we have six plus Janeway. So mm -hmm. one of the six, if she gave the right number of five, if that's correct, then one of these six is not one of these delinquent kids that are on this obscure planet running away from prison guards. And it made me wonder if it's the robot, but it, it could be any of them, really, that is not part of that five. Yeah, it could be. My first thought was the robot as well. But yeah, you're right. It could be any of them. We we just there's so many unknowns about this series at this point, but it really is fun speculating. I, I really want to learn more about that ro robot and the blob, the little blob. I just love that guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. And I, I, I do want to speculate on the Talaxian looking guy that we still not exactly sure. I think we are pretty sure it's a Talaxian at this point, right? I think we got. I think so. As soon as they announced that it took place in the Delta Quadrant, I'm like, mm, I think I think he's a Talaxian. I'm starting to wonder if he's not one of these kids. Because what he's wearing, he almost looks to me like he could be like a pilot. Maybe this is his ship. Oh, or maybe this is maybe. a ship that he stole 
crash land on the planet. It's trying to get fixed, take off. The five kids run on. And so he's an outcast of Starfleet that took the ship, has now got these five kids, and they take off, and there's this Janeway hologram that's talking to them. I like that. And, and he could be a little older. He's got the mutton chops, and he's got the little soul patch under his uh, under his mouth there. So he could be a little older person here. That's That's a good point. That's possible. Yeah, write that one down. Let's see if I get that one right. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Definitely. So we still don't have an air date yet for Star Trek Prodigy, but we are keeping our ears to the ground for that news. Hopefully, as we learn more about the show, we can bring it to you here on Positively Trek. Well, before we get into the Lower Decks Blu-ray discussion, you may remember that last week we had a copy of the latest Star Trek Shipyards book to give away, and we ran a little giveaway on Twitter you had to retweet the episode with the hashtag Star Trek Shipyards in order to be entered into a chance to win a copy of the book. And the deadline has passed as of the time of this recording, and we have our entrance. So let's go ahead and randomly choose one here. I've got random.org pulled up, and we're going to pick a winner here. Oh, I'm so nervous. I hope I win. <laughs> I, I don't... <laughs> Don't think you're entered there, Bruce. Sorry. Oh, okay. Fine. <laughs> Be that way. Hosts and, and family are, are exempt. We'll try and keep this above board. <laughs> I, I just wanted it in addition to the book I already have. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want two copies. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's pull it up here. And I've got our entrance all plugged in. And the winner is... Patrick Carlin, congratulations. Patrick, that's so awesome. Oh, wow. Very cool. So, uh, Patrick, we will reach out to you outside of the uh, the show here and get your details, mailing address and all that stuff, and we'll get that sent off to you. So congratulations. Very, very cool. Uh, I hope you enjoy the book. Yeah, I think you will. It's gorgeous. I the giveaway copies I just received and honestly this big this book is bigger than you expect it will be. It's it's a hefty tome. Yeah, and just imagine that it doesn't even have all the Delta Quadrant ships in it. Imagine yeah. if they did put them all, how big this book would be. <laughs> yeah, it's just half of them. So Volume 2 coming later this year. So speaking of giveaways, and once again, before we get into the special features of Lower Decks, we have three copies of the new Star Trek Lower Decks Blu-ray available for giveaway. And I'm going to turn this over to my esteemed colleague, Bruce Gibson, who has the details on how you can win your own copy of this Blu-ray. Yes, if you want to win a copy of the Star Trek Lower Decks Season 1 Blu-ray, there are three giveaway winners that can take these away with them. And this is all you have to do. Now, get ready here. You are going to have to post on social media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can do any one of those three or all three to improve your chances. But you must tag at Star Trek so that the official Star Trek people know that you're doing this at Star Trek, and then use the hashtag Star Trek Lower Decks. So tag Star Trek and then hashtag Star Trek Lower Decks. And of course, don't forget about your buddies here. You got to put us in there too so we know that you did this, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> we won't have any idea. So you also have to tag Positively Trek. So tag Positively Trek, tag Star Trek, and hashtag Star Trek Lower Decks. We'll repeat this at the end of the show just in case you need more time. But here's the thing. 
each of the three winners will also receive eight character art cards. So this is something you can't get with the set when you buy it in the store. So that's an extra bonus. So you're going to want to win this set. Very cool. I didn't even know about that part of it. I'm I'm excited about that. I want to see that. <laughs> yes, even Dan and I don't have the art cards. Ah, oh, very, very cool. Well, what do you say we talk a little bit about what it is you'll actually be winning when you get this Blu-ray in your hot little hands? Because... I meticulously, I, I just received my review copy yesterday before we recorded this and sat down and said, okay, I've got to get through all of these special features so we can talk about them on Positively Track. So first of all, let me say, if you get this set, you're in for a treat. There's some really cool stuff on this, on this Blu-ray set that really gives you an insight into the behind the scenes of Lower Decks. Not to mention, of course, the 10 episodes of season one that look absolutely gorgeous in high definition on Blu-ray here. So, you know, no buffering, no pixelating because your internet's a little shaky watching it on Paramount+. Plus. Not that Paramount+, Plus isn't a wonderful service, but this one, you've got it in your Blu-ray player. It's all loaded there. There's no any kind of artifacts or anything like that. It just plays beautifully and the episodes look amazing. Yes, and I'm happy to say that my review copy didn't arrive in time. So, now I'm not happy about that, but <laughs> but this is good because I'm here representing the people who haven't seen this yet. So I'm going to ask you questions as we go through this, Dan, of what you experienced. Absolutely. And I got to say, for, for everyone listening, this is an odd situation because I'm up here in northern Alberta, Canada, and Bruce is in Atlanta. And usually when we get sent things to review or talk about, he gets them usually quite a bit before me if I end up getting them at all. So this is, this is a weird reversal. So I, I am sorry, Bruce, that does, yeah, that you didn't get that. But yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, it's weird to be on the other side of this equation. Well, the funny thing is the company reached out to me and said they were sending their review copies. <laughs> yeah, and mine just showed up and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so the other thing that could be is that someone stole it off my porch. You know, the FedEx oh, guy could no. have left it up there and someone's now watching it in their home as we speak. But I'm okay with that because that means we're just attracting a new Star Trek fan to Lower Decks. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that's the positive way to look at it, but... Oh, I hope that's not the case, but yeah. Hmm. So yesterday, like I said, I popped this into my Blu-ray player and checked it out. And the first thing uh, you notice is that it's organized by episode. So most of the special features are attached to each episode. So you go in and you go to second contact and you look at the special features under it. The second contact being the first episode of the show. And one special feature that's on every single episode is something they call lower deck. And these are kind of documentary style featurettes about wow. behind the scenes aspects of Lower Decks. So they feature interviews with the cast and crew of the show. Uh, there's one of these per episode, each of them kind of featuring a different subject. Now, do these featurettes, you know, take about maybe five, ten minutes, something like that? Yeah, I'd say about ten minutes. Yeah, between five and ten minutes per. So they're not incredibly long. They They're they focus on kind of one aspect. So, uh, for example, the one on episode four is all about the main title sequence. So some of them are, are very specific to the episode they're on. Some of them are a little more generic. I love the one about the main titles showing how they came up with the various things that the Cerritos is doing in the titles, as well as the music. 
which, you know, if you listen to the music without the main title sequence, you wouldn't even know it was from a comedy show. Like it's just good Star Trek music, which is what they were going for. So these little insights, like they talk to the composer, they talk to Mike McMahon, and of course the cast and all the other behind the scenes crew as well. So that's really cool. It, it reminds me of the Star Trek Picard Blu-ray set that I recently rewatched. And I remember each episode like you're saying, it's all listed in episodes with a little featurette, just like you're talking about. So mm -hmm. it sounds like that same type of format. Yeah, it's laid out exactly the same way in that respect, for sure. Except it wasn't called a dictionary. No, <laughs> the lower <laughs> dictionary. I do kind of want to know who came up with that. Uh, one thing I noticed while watching these, and at first, you know, without thinking, I was like, okay, the, the interviews feature people and they're obviously in front of a green screen or, or in front of something because the background is always like a, a lower deck set or images from the show. But the foreground, the actual person is really fuzzy and, and not very good resolution and kind of pixely. And I'm like, well, that's kind of too bad. And then I realized, of course, they produced this entire set socially distanced, each of them in their homes recording this stuff. So... Like kudos to them for getting all of these amazing special features out while having to deal with that. And I didn't even think of that watching this and then realized why it looked the way it does. So it's, it's a little jarring, but then at the same time, I'm thinking like five years from now, what an amazing artifact of this time we're living in right now. That's really cool because when you started explaining that they have the different backgrounds. I thought, oh, well, we can do that today on Zoom from our own homes. And then when you said that they looked a little fuzzy or the resolution wasn't that good, I was like, well, that really does sound like our homes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what they did. Wow. You know, it, it does, again, make me think about how things will change, even though things, when they go back to normal, you know, would this be kind of the norm where a studio that puts a, a special Blu-ray together like this, they say, well, instead of flying people here or have them come to the studio or whatever, we just do it online like that. I mean, it, that may be a common thing they do. It would cut expenses. It's very possible. Yeah, that's a good call. So some other special features specific to the episodes is uh, there. there's a couple of uh, animatics. And for the first episode, Second Contact, they did a full-length animatic. Now, an animatic in animation is kind of rough sketches and drawings, not fully animated, just, you know, each scene. They have the various movements that characters will have to make kind of done uh, very quickly in a sketch format and they've gone and, and released all of the animatics for the first episode. So you can watch the entire first episode with this process. And I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched about 10 minutes of it and, but it's really, really worth it just to see the process, the number of moves and, and drawings and things they have to come up with for, for example, the very first scene where Mariner and Boimler are in his little hidey hole and he's recording his captain's log. Mariner's trying to grab it from him and Boimler's trying to evade her and like ducking under her arm and jumping up and going over here. The process of putting that together, you get to see that played out in animatic form. And that might not sound incredibly exciting to everyone listening, but for me, I was like, oh, wow, there's like one frame where they're like this and that arm has to move that way and that arm has to move that way and they have to go this way. And I'm just like... 
this is really cool. I want to learn how to do all of this. That's that's cool that that you feel that way. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I've seen this stuff before, and I mean, yeah, it's interesting to see. But I I I would say this is probably going to be the thing that I'm least interested in when I do get the Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. But for all I know, I start watching it and I just fall into it, and I am just like staring at it and watching the whole thing. Like, this is kind of cool. <laughs> the other thing is, I the full-length animatic didn't have the music as well over top of it so it was interesting to hear their performances you know without all of that as well so it's something that if you're interested in seeing how all these episodes come together before they're the finished form i think that'll be really interesting if you're not so much interested in that yeah i think this is probably the least cool part of the set i guess thinking about unfinished and behind the scenes is there any footage anywhere in any of the featurettes or anything that shows the cast recording their dialogue because i I'm just curious if I mean again because of COVID, it's like I don't. I, I'm assuming maybe a lot of that was done before COVID really hit. I I don't know. I, I'm just curious if they were all in the same room together or separate sessions or did it remotely. So yeah, most of the voice work was all done during COVID. So we don't see footage of them recording. There is one little bit in one of the featurettes where Don Lewis shows her setup for recording from home where, you know, the studio brought in this really nice mic and all this stuff. And this is, this is where I record and, and that kind of thing. Uh, And the other thing is in a few of the featurettes, I didn't write down which ones, but you can hear like alternate takes and you can hear kind of the, the recording session. Uh, Jonathan Frakes, especially there's one bit where he's talking about watching Enterprise on the holodeck and like just several different takes of that. So he's like, you know, I was watching Enterprise on the holodeck, the first Enterprise, you know, Archer and the gang, Scott Bakula, Quantum Leap, those guys. (laughs) And you can hear the like people laughing and they're like, oh, no, can't can't use that one. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's fine. I always like that. I thought that was the funniest joke. Well, not the funniest, but one of the funniest jokes. (laughs) In that episode. And it's funny because I'm rereading one of the, the Typhon Pack books, uh, Seize the Fire, which focuses on the Titan. And in there, Riker mentions how he enjoys historical Starfleet things that have happened that he replays on the holodeck. You know, <laughs> I was like, yeah, we, we know. <laughs> Uh, The other, there are also animatics for deleted scenes uh, for just two episodes, oddly enough. I thought there'd be more of these, but there's uh, deleted lines from a particular scene for second contact and then a a couple of deleted scenes from Moist Vessel as well. And those are presented with the animatics because, of course, since they were cut from the episode, the finished animation wasn't created for that. Yeah, I'm always interested in seeing cut scenes just to see what it was that they decided not to include. One thing, one of my favorite things on a Blu-ray set, with the exception of commentary tracks, is a gag reel. And I really wish, like we, like I said, we do get little bits of outtakes in the various documentary parts and stuff, but I would love a special feature dedicated strictly to stuff that was cut out of episodes that are like bloopers or flubs or alternate jokes. Apparently Tawny Newsome is really one for rattling off about five or 10 different takes on a scene and they'll pick like the funniest one kind of thing. So I would have loved to have heard more of that stuff. Yeah. I wish they would just let us sit in on a recording session. Oh, that would we be could the do best. That. Yeah. We could do it here on the podcast because no one has <laughs> to see anybody. You know, when we do the show, we edit it down because everything we say, we do it five different ways and then we pick the best way we said it and then edit the podcast. So this is actually, this could be the fifth time I've said what I just said here on the show. 
And this oh, is for the sure. best of the five. Yeah. What you at home need to be asking yourselves now is this is really the best out of the five that we got? Really? <laughs> <laughs> Right. This is why this is an incredible episode. Well, another special feature that was included on my favorite episode of the entire first season of Lower Decks, Crisis Point. I love that episode. For those of you who don't remember, this is the one where they go on the holodeck and Mariner rewrites the program so that it's uh, the rise of Vindicta, her alter ego who attacks the Cerritos. And, and we get this kind of Star Trek movie version of Lower Decks on that episode. It's a short special feature, but it's a lot of fun is a feature trailer for crisis point the rise of vindicta and if you watch it it's very old school like it feels like a mid 80s star trek movie trailer and i love it it's so great it's it's a lot of fun i love the voiceover like it feels very 80s nice now there are two other special features that are again kind of documentary interview style Uh, the first one is faces of the fleet and this is the longest special feature on the blu-ray it's about a half hour long Uh, It features interviews with the cast and Mike McMahon and and other people talking about each of the main characters. So it starts with Tawny Newsom talking all about Beckett Mariner, and it goes through each of the main cast, all eight of them. So the four lower deckers, as well as the four senior officers. It's, It's really great to hear each of them talk about their take on the character. Probably my favorite was the very last one, which is Fred Tatashore talking about Shax. And of course, if you've watched Lower Decks, spoiler alert for the final episode, Shax is killed. And and to get kind of his take on that, as well as Mike McMahon talking about why they did it and that sort of thing. Really interesting interviews. I really enjoyed this one. So Fred, I'm so sorry you won't be on the Blu-ray for the second season. (laughs) This is your time. I bet he will because he played about five or six other characters in season Ah, one as well. (laughs) That's good to know. So yeah, he may be playing a new character next season. Could very well be. He, he's a very accomplished voice actor. He's been in all kinds of things like star Wars rebels and and yeah, he's, he's very prolific. So I remember who he is now. Yep. Now that you mentioned that. Yep. Yeah. I think he'll be back. Yeah. More than likely he'll be lending his voice to many characters. I'm sure. Definitely. I think another highlight of this section is Mike McMahon talking about Jillian Vigman, who plays Dr. Ta'ana, and how when she gets into that Ta'ana voice, you just have to obey her. Like, it's just, oh, like, whatever she's saying, you just have to do, because it's scary. You're like, uh, yeah, could you read that line again? I already did! Okay, <laughs> Fair next. Enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final special feature is called hiding in plain sight. And this was one I was kind of most looking forward to. And it's a very good special feature. It's pretty short though. It's about seven to eight minutes long. If I'm remembering correctly here, and it's talking about the Easter eggs and references in lower decks. So it features interviews with the cast and crew talking about their favorite Easter eggs. Mike McMahon, one of my favorite bits, he talks about There's some private Easter eggs that are hidden in the show that may never, ever be revealed, such as the origin of Boimler's name. And now I'm very curious about where Bradward Boimler's name came from. Apparently, not just him, but there are other people who sneak stuff in that just is private to them and is like a little private Easter egg for them. You know we're going to get this information at some point. It may be 30 years from now, but at some point... 
we're going to have to get this. I mean, come on, you just don't throw that out there and say, oh, it's private. We're never going to say, come on, Mike, I need to know. But now I noticed in your notes that all the Easter eggs aren't covered. No. So what I was expecting was like episode by episode, every single Easter egg, they would like point them out. And it starts out feeling like they're doing that, but then they don't really finish that. Uh, However, the end of the special feature features like really quick flashes of various scenes where they're not pointing out the Easter eggs, but they're basically saying to the audience like, oh, there's a bunch here. There's a bunch here. There's a bunch here. Can you find them kind of thing? Like a Where's Waldo kind of thing almost. So uh, I enjoyed the special feature, but it's definitely not like a an encyclopedic reference of every Easter egg in season one, which I was kind of thinking they might do. Maybe we'll get something like that on a re-release in the future, uh, because I'm thinking about past DVDs and Blu-rays that had Mike and Denise Akuda having mm, their little mm-hmm. mentions of things on, you know, not verbally necessarily, but there'd be text on the screen that says A little text oh, commentary. Yeah. Yeah. This, this scene was shot here or this scene, you know, this was mentioned here in reference to episode, blah, blah, blah. And stuff. I'd love to see that at some point in lower decks. I know that would probably take a lot more time than what they had to devote to, to this, but remember way back in the days, like, I don't know, like in the nineties, I think VH one had pop-up videos Mm-hmm. Little pop-up yeah. things would say that, like something like that's make it a little more fun than just text on the bottom of the screen. So you're watching an episode, and maybe like there's an arrow pointing to something, and then it some text flies up and says, you know, this is from episode whatever, or this is a batlith or whatever. I think yeah. something like that would be really cool. Yeah, that's a great idea. I love that idea. Just kind of an overlay over yeah. the episode where where it gives that information. Uh, Now, one question I know you asked when we were talking way back when about the special features and this one came up. Yes, there are Easter eggs that they point out that I did not notice. (gasps) Impossible. (laughs) Impossible. That's why this episode is interesting, because that is interesting (laughs) to me, Dan, that you did not catch something that they put in there. Very true. Yep, there were definitely uh, parts that I missed. So on top of that, there's probably hundreds more that they're not really pointing out here. So yeah, it's very comprehensive. So was there (laughs) any of those that you were like, oh my gosh, how did I miss that? Not so much. Mostly just like, oh, I didn't really notice that alien in the background. Oh, okay. But if I had, I'd have known who that alien was. (laughs) But I just, yeah, I didn't notice that. Well, because yeah, you just didn't haven't gone through it like that much with a fine tooth comb. To really, mm-hmm. really look for things. But yeah, there wasn't something so obvious. See, now I thought I had, but <laughs> obviously okay. I did miss a few things for sure. I'm going to say that I did notice those. Okay. All right. <laughs> Even though I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm going to fold my arms and glare at you. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed them all, Dan. What's wrong with you? Come on. <laughs> So there we go. Those are all of the special features. Unfortunately, no commentaries on episodes, which is my favorite part of Blu-ray releases and that sort of thing. But that said, you know, this is still a really great set. I think it's definitely worth having these in your collection. The special features are a nice bonus on top of the meat of the Blu-ray, which is, of course, the 10 episodes of season one of Lower Decks. And uh, I'm definitely really happy to place it on my shelf in the appropriate place, which I think is after Star Trek Nemesis. I think I I have everything chronologically, and that's where I'm putting this. So, uh, And before Star Trek Picard. 
So there we go. Nice. And all the more reason why somebody would want to win this in our giveaway where we have the three copies. So again, you can do this on Twitter. You can do this on Facebook. You can do it on Instagram. You can do all three. That will triple your chances in this random drawing of three winners. And so again, make sure you tag us here at Positively Trek, but make sure to also tag Star Trek and do the hashtag Star Trek Lower Decks. So tag us, tag Star Trek, and then hashtag Star Trek Lower Decks. And it comes with those eight art cards, eight character art cards, and they look really cool. So I'll be showing those to Dan here right after the show. And the Blu-ray, the DVD, the Steelbook, those are all out now as you're listening to the show. So if you don't win, well, why even wait to win? Buy them now, you know, and then, (laughs) I don't know. Then if you win one, you've got two. And then the Shipyards book we gave away just on this episode. We're going to do another one next week for that. So we have another giveaway next week. So tune in next week. Oh, man. It pays to listen to Positively Trek. That's really cool. I don't get paid, but you guys get paid to listen. (laughs) There you go. Exactly. I love it. Well, thank you all so much for listening this week. I think... We had a ton of fun here. So many giveaways. This is something like we, we've we never really done a lot of before. And now three weeks in a row, we're having something to give away in our episodes. I'm really, really excited about that. So Bruce, when you're not busy giving away stuff on the Positively Trek podcast, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex and on Instagram at just Admiral Rex. And then you can find me occasionally on the Star Wars Report podcast. Uh, We haven't had an episode in a while. I don't know what's going on, but the Bad Batch is on Disney Plus. So we should be talking about that at some point. And then I'm occasionally been on Literary Treks recently. So, yeah, that's where I am. But, Dan, where can people find you? Well, I was going to say, you know, it's it's not like there's anything going on in the Star Wars universe for you guys to talk about on the Star Wars Report. So, I yeah. Hmm. Right. I I don't know. Because, you know, I was on an episode and I keep looking and it's the last the last episode that came out was with me on it. It was like a month ago. Oh, wow. (laughs) So, So I don't know what's going on. Oh, crazy. Well, you can find me, of course, on Twitter at Kurtrats, K-E-R-T-R-A-T-S. You can find me on YouTube.com slash Kurtrats Productions. You can also find me on Instagram at Kurtrats47. And speaking of Instagram and Twitter and also Facebook, those are the three places where you can enter that contest to win the Lower Decks Blu-ray. So make sure to get on that. I'm going to keep reminding you of that. You can find us on Facebook at the Positively Trek Discussion Group. Just search for that and we will let you right in. On Twitter, we're at Positively Trek. And we're also at Positively Trek on Instagram. So that makes it really easy to find us. You can also email us, PositivelyTrek at gmail.com if you'd like to share any thoughts with us. And of course, thank you so much to our Patreon supporters for all of your support in bringing these episodes to you. And our associate producer, William Smith, thank you for all of your help. So we'll see you all next week for a brand new episode of the Positively Trek podcast. Until then, as always, stay positive. Warp me! Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.